0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe.
1: Welcome to the Everything USC podcast on Believe, the place to find a sports or pop culture show for passionate fan bases across multiple platforms. This is Believe. Every team, every topic, everywhere. I'm your host, Nara Wang, and in episode 91, the University of California alum, Roxy Bernstein, Pac-12 Network and ESPN play-by-play broadcaster, returns as my guest ahead of a matchup with the Golden Bears. Roxy, always great to get to talk to you on the Everything
0: USC podcast. Nara, looking forward to it again, and looking forward to hopefully what's a competitive game on Saturday. And, of course, if you
1: enjoy this podcast, subscribe, download, and rate it wherever you get your podcasts. Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, TuneIn, and so many more. Or you can go right to the website Believe.com, B-L-E-A-V.com, on social media at Believe Network. To find me, I am on X, or as I'm calling it, the artist formerly known as Twitter, at Nara Wang Sports, N-A-R-A-W-E-N-G Sports. Roxy, let the people know where they can catch up with you.
0: I'm still old enough that I call it Twitter at Roxy Bernstein. Make it simple, easy. R O X Y B E R N S T E I N. The Everything
1: USC podcast is brought to you by Bet Online, which is your number one source for wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions. The last of the major pro sports leagues kicks off this week, and Bet Online is your top spot for all your NBA action this season. Get everything NBA at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access for every sport, anytime. With MLB postseason, NFL, and college football, and NHL in full swing, head to BetOnline today to get in on the action. Remember to use promo code Believe B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. After starting 6-0 against what was admittedly the softer part of their schedule, the Trojans have now lost two straight games following a 34-32 defeat at home versus the Utah Utes. USC trailed for most of the second half before making a fourth-quarter comeback thanks to a 30-yard pick-six by Kalen Bullock and a 61-yard punt return by Zachariah Branch that set up an 11-yard touchdown run by Caleb Williams, giving SC a 32-31 lead with 146 left in the game. But the Trojans' defense would not be able to make it stand up. Bear Alexander is called for roughing the passer on a 3rd-and-9 play, which is then changed upon review to targeting. On 4th-and-1 from the USC 42-yard line, Jaquindon Jackson gets 2 yards on a shotgun run for Utah. Then on 2nd-and-15 from the Trojan 45, Utes quarterback Bryson Barnes runs for 26 yards and after a kneel down to put the ball in the middle of the field, Cole Becker hits a 38-yard field goal as time runs out to give the Utes the victory. USC only getting 401 yards of total offense compared to Utah racking up 482 on nearly seven yards per play by the Utes. Caleb Williams, another disappointing game by his standards. The Heisman Trophy winner, just 24-34, 256 yards. First game without a touchdown pass as a Trojan starter, was sacked four times. Marshawn Lloyd ran the ball seven times, 86 yards, and a touchdown, but five of those carries came in the first half. He did lose a fumble, but you gotta wonder why he didn't get the ball more after they had started the game running the ball and running successfully. Wide receiver Taj Washington, the leading pass catcher. Five receptions, 112 yards. And the dynamic, true freshman, Zachariah Branch. 155 all-purpose yards. He had a one-yard TD run. He had 59 total yards on punt returns. 93 on kickoff returns. And like I said, that punt return in the fourth quarter set up the go-ahead score by SC. The SC defense, just one sack. The one INT by Bullock. Mason Cobb, the leading tackler, with nine on the game. Bullock added four. Bear Alexander had two personal foul penalties in the game that helped lead to 10 Utah points. And they made a star out of quarterback Bryson Barnes. He went 14-23, 235 yards, three touchdowns. Also ran the ball 10 times for 57 yards and a score. Running back Jaquindon Jackson, the former quarterback, 26 carries, 117 yards. And the two-way player, safety slash running back Sione Vaki, five catches, 149 yards and two touchdowns, added nine carries for 68 yards. On the defensive side, linebacker Lander Barton led the Utes with nine tackles before leaving the game in the fourth quarter with a season-ending injury. Defensive end Van Fillinger with four tackles, a sack and a forced fumble. Four Utes earning Pac-12 Player of the Week awards, which is the most by any school in one week this season. Offensive Player of the Week, Barnes. Special Teams, Player of the Week, Cole Becker. Offensive lineman, right tackle Satawa Laumea. And on the D-line, Fillinger getting that award. USC dropping the 24th in the AP poll. 22nd in the coaches poll and roxy bernstein what is the biggest cause for the struggles of the trojans right now
0: i think it's their defense to be honest with you As look i know caleb williams didn't have a touchdown pass in the game against utah but i don't think it's shocking to any usc fan out there that the defense has been the achilles heel for the trojans and it's been that way since this regime with lincoln riley taking over as head coach and alex grinch as the defensive coordinator I think last year they were able to mask some of those deficiencies because of all the turnovers they created, plus they had the firepower offensively to be able to overcome all the yardage and the the points they gave up a year ago. And that's why they still were in contention to go to the college football playoff before losing to Utah in the Pac-12 championship game. I don't know if it's a program philosophy that needs to change mentality. But, Nara, when I look at them physically, defensively, especially up front, I don't see the bulk, the size that you see from Utah, from Oregon, from Oregon State, from Washington. USC is a bit undersized compared to those other teams, and you wonder if that contributes to why they struggle defensively. And, look, Alex Grinch wants quick guys with the agility, but at some point you need to get those run pluggers, right? You need to get those big dudes up front, that control the line of scrimmage. That has been a staple for Kyle Whittingham's teams. You want to know why Utah's the best team in the league the last two years going? It's because they dominate the line of scrimmage. And that has been a big factor for them. Even with all these injuries that Utah's dealing with, they have that physicality on both sides of the ball. And that's why they're so successful.
1: Yeah. And Alex Grinch didn't help himself when he came out this week and said that those wheel routes that Vaki ran to success twice against Shelby in the game were things that he didn't see on film. And then everyone just posted the clip of the play that they ran against Cal two weeks ago where they didn't complete the pass, but there was Sione Vaki running a wheel route against Cal. So a few weeks ago, I started on X Twitter, whatever you want to call it, the Grinch gripe scale poll. So. Basically, it's based on the Dr. Seuss classic, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, and there's three categories, Stealing Christmas, Chilling in the Cave, and Feasting with the Who's based on how the fans feel about how the D is doing, and so the results from this past week, 75% of the votes came in for Stealing Christmas, 25% somehow came in with Feasting with the Who's, and none for Chilling in the Cave. I'm thinking those people might have been Utah fans voting for the USC defense actually doing well, but... Those are how the SC fans are feeling about this Alex Grinch-led D right now. So what are the chances that USC can even salvage this season with Cal, Washington, Oregon, and UCLA
0: left on the regular season schedule? I mean, it's still a possibility. Look, they're probably out of the playoff picture. There probably isn't an opportunity really for Caleb Williams to win back-to-back Heisman's. Could he still do it? Yeah, I, I guess he possibly could. And if USC went on a roll here at the end of the year, but there's still something to play for with this group. And I, I know that people have been critical of Alex Grinch. I personally have been a fan of his going back to when he was a Washington state in the defenses that he ran. I think it's more of a program philosophy. Lincoln Riley's never had really good defenses wherever he's been. So look, I know Alex Grinch has been with him for a while, but I think it, doesn't necessarily go hand-in-hand with the offense that they run. They're so tempo and rhythm-driven offensively, it doesn't necessarily lend to having a strong defense. and That means your defense is going to be exposed. You're going to be on the field for a good chunk of the game. So from that standpoint, I think the criticism is somewhat unfair, pointed toward Grinch. I think there has to be some, given to Lincoln Riley as well, for the defensive shortcomings, even though he's really the offensive guru, if you will. But the one thing I will say, I think it's a poor excuse from Alex Grinch in terms of we didn't see it on film. We didn't know what to expect. You pointed it out. I had the Cal-Utah game on TV. I know the play that you're talking about. It's one thing if it was Justin Wilcox and Peter Sermon who said that because if they didn't anticipate Siony Vaki playing offense, right? Because he hadn't really, except for like one or two plays, the entire season. Utah is coming off a bye. I get why Andy Ludwig and Kyle Whittingham moved him to the offensive side. And he is the best dual threat guy right now in the Pac-12, better than Travis Hunter at this point. But with all the injuries they've had at running back, that it made sense for them to try something. And I think Bryson Barnes gained a lot of confidence in that Cal game. It carried over in the USC game. But there really, there is a problem on the defensive side, and I don't know what you can do. There is no fix, I don't think, for this year. The personnel is what they are, right? And now with the targeting call, they're not going to have Bear Alexander for the first half of the game against Cal. So that leaves them a little bit shorthanded, at least in the first half in Berkeley on Saturday.
1: And you got to wonder about some of the play calling, too, by Riley. I know he wants tempo. I know he wants Caleb to throw the ball around, but When Marshawn Lloyd is leading the country in yards per carry at 7.9, why is he not being fed the ball more, and why is Austin Jones taking away so many of the carries as well? I know he had the fumble in this game, and maybe that's why he lost some time, but he's been great all season, so you gotta wonder what's going on in-game with how Riley's calling it.
0: Those are valid points. And look, we're not seeing what's at practice. You know, the media only gets a limited snippet of what USC does. So look, the coaches know what they're doing. And Lincoln Riley is a tremendous offensive mind. He clearly sees something and likes the rotation that he's got. Will that change going forward? We'll see. My issue, though, with Lincoln Riley going back to the Utah game, Nara, is I thought he and his staff were severely outcoached. I thought that the game plan that Kyle Whittingham and Morgan Scali, their defensive coordinator, had was brilliant, right? That they were able to manipulate the clock. They weren't allowing USC to get that rhythm, to get that up-tempo. But it was also USC's fault because they kept changing. They were substituting groups in and out and alternating their packages. If you're really trying to get up-tempo, then you keep the same group on the field – that does not allow Utah to change their personnel. By you changing out receivers or changing out running backs or tight ends, whatever it happens to be, you're allowing the defense to match. And look, I know there's some griping, and we saw the frustration, Lincoln Riley going nuts on the sideline. Kyle Whittingham and Morgan Scalley didn't do anything that wasn't within the rules. And they took advantage of the situation, but USC let them do that. I put it more on USC. Did Utah take their sweet time getting guys in and out? Absolutely, they did. I don't blame them at all. That was a complete strategy, and they worked it to a T, and that's partly to me. Look, we know what's happening with the league, but Kyle Whittingham, far and away, is the best coach in this conference, and I don't think it's all that close. I think Jonathan Smith is great at Oregon State. I think Kalen DeBoer has done a fabulous job at Washington, and Lincoln Riley has a great track record at SC and Oklahoma before that but nobody can convince me otherwise, and it's not close, that Kyle Whittingham is the best coach in this conference.
1: I honestly don't know why more coaches haven't taken advantage of that rule before, because it makes so much sense that if they're going to substitute, you can run time off of their play clock by taking your time to make your changes, because the umpire is just going to hold up play until you get your guys on the field. So I'm surprised that more coaches haven't done that, but. Again, SC, two straight losses now going against Utah and Notre Dame in the last two games. This is the Everything USC podcast on Believe. I'm Nara Wang, my guest today, the play-by-play broadcaster for the Pac-12 Network and ESPN and the proud alumnus of UC Berkeley, Roxy Bernstein. If you enjoy the show, catch it wherever you get your favorite podcasts or go right to our website, believe.com, B-L-E-A-V.com on social media at believe network for me i'm on the x twitter whatever at Wang sports n-a-r-a-w-e-n-g sports roxy if the people want to find you where should they go
0: they can find me on the x machine right that's what we're calling it at roxy Bernstein is the best way to find me what's up everybody this is marcus grant the host of nfl fantasy live on nfl network and you checking out the Believe
1: in Everything USC podcast with my pal and former roommate, Nara Wang. Fight on. Beat the Bruins. Beat the Irish. Beat all of them. Let's go win out the Pac-12, at least while we're still here. Now we look to the game on Saturday afternoon up in Berkeley between USC and Cal. 1 o'clock on the Pac-12 network and on the USC Trojan radio network flagship station, KABC 790 AM. The Golden Bears come in. 3-4 3-4 overall in the season, 1-3 in the Pac-12. Their head coach, Justin Wilcox, in his seventh season at the helm there, has a 33-40 overall record, 2-3 against the Trojans. USC leading the all-time series, 72-32-5, with one of those wins technically vacated. The last game was a closer-than-it-needed-to-be 41-35 win last season, where Cal scored 21 points in the fourth quarter to make it close and the last game up at cal was a 24 14 loss back in 2021 which was the final game of that season after that game had been postponed from earlier due to covid reasons and this is the last weekender for usc for reasons that we'll get to in the next segment but some of the notable players for the golden bears on offense sophomore running back Jaden Ott, probably the best player on that side of the ball, has 104 carries so far this season, 603 yards, five touchdowns, and has added 11 catches for 85 yards and a score. He had 120 total yards last season against the Trojans. Leading receiver is fourth-year junior Jeremiah Hunter, and their quarterback is... That started the last two games, redshirt freshman Fernando Mendoza. He did leave the game against Utah two weeks ago with an injury. He's gone 31 to 50, 356 yards, four TDs against two interceptions this season. Ben Finley and Sam Jackson, the fifth are the other quarterbacks that have played. So Roxy, is Mendoza going to be back after the bye week? And what can we expect from the Cal offense?
0: It sounds like he's going to be good to go. I think the bye week did a lot for Cal, helped him physically. Some players were banged up. They'll hopefully get Siawape Vatikani back on the offensive line. I think he's integral in the run blocking scheme and what they do. But some of the other key players are lost for the year. Jackson Sermon, who's an All-Conference linebacker, who's big in Cal's run defense, and they were exposed by Utah in that game a couple of weeks ago. Matthew Sindrick, Cal's starting offensive lineman, the experienced senior at center, he's lost for the year. And those are two key injuries that Cal has had to deal with, unfortunately. But this is a team that has some talent. And you look at some of the games they've had. They were in the game early in the fourth quarter against Utah before the Utes put it away with that ground game. And they were just the more physical football team up front two weeks ago. Cal should have beaten Auburn. Cal had the ball, what, eight times inside the Auburn 40-yard line, came away with 10 points. And... That was probably one of the more frustrating losses I think Cal has had in recent years. There's been a number of them. And unfortunately, a lot of close ones too when you consider all the one-score games that Cal, for some reason, has come out on the short end on. But I think this is going to be a motivated group. They're always up to play USC. And I'm anxious to see the response from USC where they're at mentally, considering that they've lost the last couple of games. But there still is a lot to play for there. And Cal would love nothing more than in this final meeting for at least the near future between these two teams to stick an L on USC.
1: Yeah, with linebacker Jackson Sermon out for the season with the left biceps injury he suffered against Oregon State, you're going to see redshirt sophomore inside linebacker Caleb Alarms-Or leading the team in tackles with 65. He's also got an interception, four pass breakups, a couple of QB hurries, and a forced fumble. Fifth year senior safety Patrick McMorris, 41 tackles, four pass breakups, two fumble recoveries, and a forced fumble. And the fourth year junior cornerback Noel Williams, 28 tackles, two of them for loss, leads the team with two interceptions and has a pass breakup. So I think we should get right into our predictions for this week. And to recap what's going on this season in the predictions, I am leading my guess. I have 10 correct against six for the guests with two ties last week. My guess is the voice of the Trojans, Pete Arbogast. And I went two and one against him in the players that we believed in. I took Zachariah Branch. He took Brendan Rice. So I got the win there as Rice just had the five catches for 34 yards. And in the game score, he went with the Trojans 30 to 20. I said the Trojans had to prove it to me, so I picked Utah to win 31-27. So with the Utah victory, I got that one. And then in the prop bet, Nara's no doubter was that USC would commit eight-plus penalties because they had done that in every game except for one, and they somehow only managed to commit six, so I didn't get that one right. Pete's pick was that the Utah quarterbacks would have more rushing yards than the USC quarterbacks, and he was correct as Barnes had 57 and Kayla Williams just had 27, so we start with the players we believe in, and my guests this season have picked Brendan Rice four times out of the eight games. I haven't picked them yet, so I'm going to pick them for the first time this season. The player I believe in for USC this week against Cal is Brendan Rice. Roxy, who are you picking?
0: I'm guessing I'm going for the low-hanging fruit because I'm going to go Kayla Williams. I think he's I I gotta
1: mention that Caleb Williams is excluded from being picked this
0: year. Oh that's the
1: rule this year. No one can pick Caleb Williams uh, because that's too easy a pick.
0: Yeah, but I I mean he's gonna be so I, I think he's gonna be motivated. He's been hearing it all week, Nara, from people, you know, about his body language right after the game that he's oh that Caleb Williams is checked out. I don't buy that for a second. I think he's gonna be motivated which is not a good sign for Cal considering he did not throw a touchdown pass last week and they're coming off a loss.
1: I do agree with that, but you're going to have to find another player to believe in for the Trojans besides Caleb Williams and
0: bread and rice. Um, I'm going to go Lloyd because he's a special weapon, right? And as you highlighted, I think USC needs to take advantage of that. And the way Cal struggled to stop the run two weeks ago against Utah that that is an area where I think USC can have some success. So that's the guy I'm taking for USC.
1: All right. So we're both going to offense. I've got the wide receiver, Brendan Rice. Roxy going with the running back, Marshawn Lloyd. And now game score and winner, I should mention, the sponsor of the show, Bet Online, currently has USC as an 11-point favorite as we record this on Wednesday night. Roxy, I'll let you go first. Who's winning and what's the score going to be?
0: I think it's a USC 35-21 win. I just don't know if Cal's got the firepower to be able to do it. I'm going under the assumption, are that USC is going to be motivated. It certainly has been a turbulent week. I know there has been some more criticism toward Lincoln Riley for not making players available after the game last Saturday to be interviewed. And we know what he's dealing with. He's got the illness right now, dealing with pneumonia. But I, I do think that there is a lot of pride And a lot of talent at USC locker room. So I think the Trojans win at 35-21.
1: I think SC is winning this game basically because they're just more talented than Cal. And I'm going to put it right at the number. I have USC 38, Cal 27. So I've got it right at the 11-point spread there. And now the prop bet. Nara's no doubter for this week. So I've missed on the last four Nara's no doubters. So I'm going back. So the last one I got right, which was against Arizona State, where I said USC would have at least three sacks. So I'm picking that again. I believe USC will get three plus sacks against Cal. That is Nara's no doubter. Roxy, what
0: are you calling your pick and what is it? I'm taking USC to have over 450 yards of total offense. I think that they're going to come out with a good game plan. Cal's defense has struggled in recent games. You look at what they did against Washington, against Oregon State. The way Utah was able to grind them on the ground until they can show me otherwise, because I did have belief in this defense. But now without Sermon, I had hoped that Brett Johnson would have been back to his pre-injury level. But I think it's a lot to ask considering he's missed two full seasons. This was a guy that a lot of people were targeting as a first round draft pick a couple of years ago. Had a horrible scooter accident that caused him to miss all the 21 season. Then he tore his knee the last week leading up to the opener prior to the 22 season. And it's been a slower move back toward Brett Johnson. He's still doing some good things, but he's not nearly at that level. But just defensively, Cal's got some issues that they need to figure out. And until they show me otherwise, I don't know how much confidence I have in that defense to be able to stop USC. All
1: right. So what's the fun, creative name that
0: we're calling your pick this year? (laughs) Oh, man. Oh. Oh, come on, Nari. You got to have something for me. I mean, with the, you're picking the 450 plus
1: yards for SC. You can go with Roxy's Rock'em Sock'em
0: offense or. The 450 burger?
1: Roxy's 450 burger?
0: (laughs) Yeah, let's go there because look, until Cal can show that they can slow somebody down. You got to think with the the weapons that USC has, Feel pretty good about their ability to move the football on Saturday.
1: All right. So to recap our predictions for this week, the players we believe in both going on the offense, I've got Brendan Rice, Roxy Bernstein going with Marshawn Lloyd in our game score. We're both picking the Trojans. I have SC right on the spread 38-27. Roxy's got 35-21 SC, so if SC covers, Roxy will get the win there. And our prop bet, Nara's no doubter, USC having at least three sacks in the game. And Roxy's 450 burger, because he's picking USC to have at least 450 yards of total offense. Those are our predictions. Again, keeping track of it to see if I can once again defeat my guest this season. This is the Everything USC podcast on Believe. I'm Nara Wang. My guest, Roxy Bernstein, the Cal alum, the play-by-play broadcaster for Pac-12 Network and ESPN. You can find this podcast wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And also at Believe.com, B-L-E-A-V.com on social media at Believe Network. I am on Twitter or X at Nara Wang Sports. Roxy, where do the people go to catch up with everything you're up to?
0: Go to the X at Roxy Bernstein and they can find me on the Pac-12 network after the USC Cal game on Saturday as Lincoln Kennedy and I, yes, the dad of former USC offensive lineman Zach Banner, we will have ASU hosting Washington State, a little Pac-12 in the twilight into after dark.
1: This is Bernice O'Connor, USC Women's Warpole All-American, Catino Award winner, 2000 Olympic silver medalist, and you're listening to the Everything USC podcast with Nora Wang on the Believe Network. When we saw each other back in July at Pac-12 Football Media Day in Las Vegas, you made a joke about how this would be my final Pac-12 Football Media Day with USC leaving for the Big Ten next season. Little did you know at that time that your school, Cal, would also be taking off for i don't know if it's greener pastures but other pastures because they and stanford are going to be in the acc we've got arizona arizona state utah and colorado going to the big 12 oregon and washington are joining the la schools in the big 10 and that leaves oregon state and washington state on an island right now as the pack two so roxy give me your thoughts about how you're feeling on the Pac-12 collapse and your school now going to the all-coast conference?
0: Now, I'm more sad than anything, to be honest with you. Am I angry? Absolutely, I am. Am I ticked off? You bet you're, you know what, I am. But at the end of the day, I'm more sad than anything because here is a historic conference that is so much of a rich tradition, has produced some of the greatest athletes we've ever seen, and it's going to be gone. And it's gone for stupidity. It's gone for lack of leadership at the top. And it's, again, I'm more sad than anything that you could point to a lot of decisions that were made along the way that if they made a different choice, we wouldn't be in this situation. But unfortunately, we are. And this is the reality whether it's turning down the offer from ESPN, turning up, down the deal from Apple, which I think is also a really short-sighted move by the teams that decided to leave. You want to go back and not expanding when they had opportunities to do it. There are so many missteps along the way that have led us to this point. And it just really disappoints me because I was such a fan of this league I believed in what it stood for, and now it's going to be gone.
1: Yeah, we both grew up in Northern California when it was the Pac-10 conference. We've gone through so many iterations of conference realignment across the country. But did you ever expect to see a Power 5 conference just dissipate in the manner that the Pac-12 has?
0: No, no, I I didn't think it was a possibility. And... I thought, look, there could be some defections, but I thought this league would survive because you have to have, to me, clearly you don't have to, but I thought you had to have a power conference out West. And it made sense. This was set in motion before USC and UCLA left. And I think it's stupid they left. I think it's, again, short-sighted, as I mentioned before, because, look, for football... I get it, right? It's once a week, you can deal with it. It's every other sport that will suffer the consequences of the decisions that were made. It is moronic that USC and Rutgers will be playing in the same conference. It is stupid that we'll have UCLA and Penn State or Maryland, Cal and Miami, Stanford and Boston College. It, it, it's just idiotic. And you would think that smarter people would have figured this out, and they didn't. Could I see it reverse course, re- reversing courts in a couple of years? Yeah, I could. I think nothing at this point, Nara, would shock me at all. And I thought Chip Kelly had the best idea that, okay, football is its own animal. And we can go independent. You make your schedule and all that. But we should, for every other sport, go back to the regional leagues and regional rivalries. Because the toll it's going to take on all of these student-athletes physically, mentally, they're there to get an education. And nobody can nobody can, can tell me that this is all the student-athletes' best interest. This is beyond idiotic. But unfortunately, this is what we're dealing with. This is all about football.
1: It's all yep. about TV money for football. And... I agree. I've said for a while now, I think football should be separated from the other sports and they can create a brand new system. Like get to start from scratch on how you want to build a system, how you want to build a playoff system. But the conferences control the money. They control the television contracts. They control the postseason for football. And because that's the only thing that matters now is football. The other sports are going to have to deal with the ramifications of what this does. Because it's about football. So that's the bottom line, essentially, with college sports now. And I think we're still going to see conference realignment throughout the years in a way that's going to end up, I think, getting to more of an NFL system with regionalized divisions, conferences, whatever you call it, as part of a super conference, super league of the top tier teams playing for a national championship and then other tiers playing for bowl games or something like that. So I don't think we're done necessarily, but I don't think that this is exactly the best thing for college athletics as a whole.
0: We're not done. Anybody who thinks that we're done is fooling themselves. And this is going to be an ongoing issue moving forward. And I guarantee you, Nara, that you ask these coaches from every other sport besides football Nobody is happy about this. Now, they might have to put on the public face and say, oh, it's great, blah, blah, blah. BS. And nobody thinks this is a good idea. And I've talked to numerous coaches at a number of schools, and they're not happy about this, but they have to deal with it, and they have to suck it up. And for Cal and Stanford, they took far less money. They were in, in a desperate, desperate time. And it was a move that they felt they had to make. Look, we have the lawsuit going on Where Washington State and Oregon State are suing the league. And they got the temporary restraining order. I hope they win. I really do. And does it mean less money for my alma mater? Yeah, but you know what? They deserve it. And I personally think that Cal and Stanford should have stayed. You can operate as a four-team league and then you can move forward there because there's a lot of money that's due from the NCAA units that would have made it, at this point, more economically responsible to stay, but they felt they had to go, and there's all these expenses, all these issues that have popped up that they didn't plan on, and right now, I guarantee you, if you could get those schools back in a room, they might reconsider their decisions, and it's not just Cal Stanford, but I'm talking about the Arizona schools, Utah, because I think. There's a rude awakening and a reality that's hit them that they didn't foresee some of these issues that were going to pop up.
1: I mean, it's a sad day for me as well as someone who grew up rooting for Pac-10 schools and then going to a Pac-10 school for college at USC. And this looks like it may be the last time I'm doing a football preview with you with your alma mater because we're going to be headed to different conferences. So hopefully I'll get you back on during basketball season, but this could be the last football one for a while. So I'm glad to have you back on Roxy to preview USC and Cal for the last time in maybe a while. It's sad, Nara. It's sad, my man. So for my guest, Roxy Bernstein, I'm Nara Wang. Thanks for joining us for episode 91 of the Everything USC podcast presented by Bet on unbelievable the place to find a sports or pop culture show for passionate fan bases across multiple platforms. This is Believe. Every team, every topic, everywhere. And as always, I end every show by reminding all of you to fight on.